Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back for another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day and today it is my absolute pleasure to be joined with a very important person uh, who looks after some very important puppies uh, in our capital city. Her name is Rhiannon Beach and she is the founder and owner of an amazing business uh, out in Canberra Way uh, called Pups for Fun. Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for having me, Aileen. It's um, great to be part of the podcast. I've been listening along. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. That's awesome to hear. Now, uh, whereabouts in Canberra exactly are you for the listeners who might be from ye old Canberra town going, oh, represent? <laughs> yeah, so we're located in uh, Fisher in Western Creek. Um, so we uh, have our headquarters there. We do offer itinerant services. So we do have a sort of private dog park uh, out on the way to Queanbeyan. Oh, I know where Queenbeyan is. I remember yes. driving past there. I was actually born in Canberra. But, oh, wow. Uh, we don't talk about it often because apparently the hospital I was born in was demolished and yeah. um, didn't end too well for a poor young That's girl. So, yeah. yes, unfortunately. Um, but, yes, me and Canberra go way back. So uh, I love uh, love getting the opportunity to to meet some people from the ACT. Now you might not know who Rhiannon is, so let me give you the pleasure of uh, of telling you, uh, Rihanna, Rhiannon, Rihanna, Rihanna is an amazing <laughs> singer, but Rhiannon <laughs> is an amazing <laughs> business owner and. Uh, I'm going to get her to tell you all about the story of how Pups for Fun came about. But before that, I want to let you know. So Rhiannon uh, is the 2013 finalist for the Telstra Business uh, Women's Awards and at the time was caring for about 80 dogs a week. 80 dogs a week. Yes. That's a big job. Uh, And then growing her business, she has been nominated for Telstra Business Awards, of which she is actually the 2020 Small Business Winner for the ACT for the Telstra Women's Business Awards. Congratulations. What an absolute feat, I must say. Thanks so much. It was um, a awesome opportunity both times I've been part of it you'll meet so many amazing women and mm. uh, at first when I first applied in 2000 or not was nominated in 2013 I was petrified because it's <laughs> obviously a, a big um, experience but it was really really important because it was the first time in business where you actually get a chance to stop 
and reflect and work out what you're doing, whether it's right or wrong or anything in between. So, no, it was really great. And so I'm That's really happy a, to be a part of it. That's <laughs> such a great way to think about it, isn't it? I, I get the pleasure of writing uh, award applications and, and whatnot for some of my customers. And, mm. and I always do say to them, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity just to stop yeah and take a breath and and reflect, reflect on everything yeah. that you've you've been able to achieve but it's not even just um the Telstra Business Awards that you have been the winner of uh you've also been uh nominated as a finalist for the Australian Institute of Management uh leadership awards now can I just say I've dealt with AIM and they're huge. I mean, Telstra's huge. AIM are huge. These are some amazing, um, you know, some amazing nods to the way you do business to be to be seen by, you know, corporations like these. How did that come about? Um, well, I was lucky enough to be nominated by um, members of the public and, and clients and other people. Like, so I was uh, lucky enough to be put into that position, like I said, and then um, really took it on board to reflect and, and to, to give my all into the application um, process because, you know, like I said, although it was quite scary and intimidating and at the time of these, you don't necessarily think, um, you know, you're just a, a dog walker or whatever it might be um, that you're up in the running for that sort of stuff. But once yeah. you start breaking it down and you realise it's not about that it's about business it's about how you run things it's about how you uh sell build value um build relationships yeah all those that you know the recipe for business so yeah um yeah trying to sort of reflect on that and work out what things i do really well and it was been awesome like like i said i've met some amazing people and met a lot of things yeah i don't doubt it what a what a little uh cooking pot a melting pot of uh, amazing brains and and just mm. wonderful experience now there is apart from the many nods to the way you do business um there is such a great story behind how you even got to this point tell our listeners uh, and those watching uh what it was how it was that you got to the point of being uh, the founder of Pups for Fun? Well, um, I guess it sort of started off in uh, in what we call in Canberra College or Year 11. Um, and I had I was studying business and I had a, a business teacher who we had to do a business plan. So, and did my business plan as I was walking home, sort of got the idea, saw a lot of dogs behind fences and barking and sort of lonely. So, kind of came up the idea of like a doggy creche or daycare centre um and then did that submitted it everything and my teacher decided to actually enter it into a competition so it was the uh cpa um, plan your own enterprise competition that was in 2005 so yeah and i ended up winning the state and then also winning australasia so that i guess that was the first part (laughs) of um the point where i went oh actually it might be worth thinking about this a little bit more um it's kind of you know a whole bunch of accountants and you know business people and everyone that were judging it thought it was worthwhile so um I was able to take that and I 
got a job and a coffee shop for a couple of months, a um, couple of years actually, to save some save some money. And then in 2008, I decided to start the business. So I started that and also um, university at the same time Oof. and just started walking a couple of dogs. Um, and then once I sort of built up a few clients, my business plan was kind of how the business is today, a dog daycare centre, so to speak. Uh, however, at that time, I was 19. I had no money. <laughs> I had no assets. I had no <laughs> capital. Um, so I was pretty determined to work out uh, how to get there. Like I couldn't get there in the typical way. You know, as my plan said, I needed, you know, however many tens of thousands and how many hundreds of thousands for fit outs. And all that was not going to be possible, but I thought, the, the most important thing was sort of the journey how to get there so yeah I just started walking a couple of dogs and building small groups and you know looking after sort of four dogs five dogs a week in between my studies mm. and then yeah just sort of built it up from there and then once I created the small sort of play groups in the area where we pick up dogs from their home take them on group activities walks and, and then take them to sort of dog parks um, so we just focused on like group <laughs> yeah the group activities rather than just the one-on-one dog walking yeah and then in about I want to say 2014 we got our first like headquarters location type thing where we opened up our uh, grooming salon and also our uh, like puppy daycare so we were able to before that we were only able to take older dogs that could actually do you know significant exercise and be out all day yeah Um, so once we opened our puppy daycare that was awesome so it was kind of like our little um puppy education center where we really focus on uh learning and get the crucial learning of puppies and yeah so I think that was sort of the main gist of it starting quite young I ended up finishing my degree in 2016 so for eight years I did a law degree and also built a business and it was quite (laughs) it was quite a task but it was really really good and also I was sort of in my mid-20s so I was trying to navigate that whole uh world as well uh there was a lot of sacrifices made and a lot of um, things that like trips to Europe with friends and stuff that I didn't get to go on. But um, it so makes you feel better. Well. I did not get to go on those either. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it, it um, definitely wouldn't change it for the world and, and it's made uh, a whole lot of difference in challenging. So once we started off just by myself and now we're up to a team of 35 people. Wow. Um, yeah, and looking after. So we went from a couple of dogs a week, like you said, in 2013, about 80 dogs. Now we're up to about 500 dogs a week. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness me. 500 dogs between how many teams? So 35, it's all different sections. So we do um, what we call our out and about daycare where the dogs get dropped off and we take them all around. So our dogs have been seen at Parliament House and the National Library and the War Memorial. And um, so they get around like more than I do, (laughs) more than their owners do sometimes. They've got a Um, better social life than their owners. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what owners say. You know, a lot of our owners are really hardworking, um, long, work long hours and, um, they say they they respond that all the time. They said that my dog's getting out a lot more than I am. So, <laughs> um, and then we've got sort of our grooming salon, and we do do some group dog walking, and um, then our puppies. So just depending on which service and and what areas in those sections. But yeah, the whole team is about uh, thirty five, about twenty nine full time equivalent. 
Wow, so. that is amazing. And I really love, especially uh, the, the first time you told me about that story was just this uh, inspired drive that mm. despite the fact that you didn't have the capital, despite the fact that you'd never run a business, despite the fact that you were doing a law degree, despite so many factors that you continued to push through because you could see the value behind what you were doing um, was just so inspiring to me as well. And it was this concept that nothing was going to get in your way. And that I can see is probably one of the biggest drivers behind how you continue to get the nods from, uh, you know, these amazing, uh, you know, Telstra Business Awards and uh, Australian Institute of Management and, and those types of organisations because they can see that desire to, to succeed and, and to do something for the greater population and the greater community. Uh, and I think it's, sorry. So I was going to yeah. say, and for the puppies, oh, the puppies. Yeah, well, I think it's really important, um, you know, because everything isn't straightforward, whether it be starting a business, whether it be trying to build a business or, you know, build value in what you're doing. Uh, or launching a product and it just completely flops or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, there's always going to be adversity and there's always going to be a challenge, a roadblock, and it's just about trying to work out the best way to navigate it. Um, yeah. You know, there is sort of that point sometimes where you go, when you hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, do you go like, do when when's the crucial point to go okay <laughs> let's pivot and change to something else yeah um but I think it's I think if you know what it is and you believe in it and you believe like in the value of it mm. um and I think that's some of the things that I've discovered and worked towards um in building my business because there were you know like a lot of people were like oh that's that's really cute. Like that's a really sort of cute business. It wasn't really the fact that it was like a serious business. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of my strive between, you know, taking on these awards and getting these accolades is to actually build, um, you know, respect, not just so much respect, but validation for the industry. Like yeah. even though, you know, it's, it's, it's pet industry, it's, and it is playing with puppies and it is really cute. Um, it's also, you know, a serious business that contributes significantly to the economy. You know, uh, employs currently 35 people, um, you know, and services all the, you know, puts in all this money back into the economy as well. So um, mm. I think that's something that I've worked really hard and especially as being the 2020 winner of Telstra, that was my mission to do it. That's why I really wanted to win because I really wanted to have that validation. So then, bringing back to what you said about being determined or driven or knowing how to navigate even though you have no money and you're 19 and you get laughed out of the bank when you apply for a loan. <laughs> um, I think that's I think that's just something um, that helps build resilience and I think that's what we need to do and what we need to experience as business people um, yeah. and not just give up on the first go. Yes. Or Preach. the third go. Or the go. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's this there's this uh, story that I love coming back to um, around a a miner who gave up um, gave up digging for gold because the tunnel was getting far too long, and what he was mm. giving up was becoming far too much, and he still hadn't struck gold. He still hadn't struck gold, and then uh, you know there's this image of the the mine that he had dug. And he had quit three foot away from 
gold. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for me, that is always something in the back of my mind or the front of my mind, mm-hmm. even. Um, yeah. You know, when I feel like to to just stop and just give something else a go, I'm like, what if I'm three foot away from just gold? that little bit further? Exactly. You've just, just got to go that little bit further. Just one more podcast. Just one more go. Just one more program. <laughs> you know, just just three foot away from gold and you're never going to know unless you, yeah. you know, just keep going. And I think yeah. um, resilience, oh, shivers. If as business owners we haven't learnt some serious resilience this year, yeah. Uh, yeah. you never will. <laughs> exactly. That's Go it. get a job, get out of business because yeah. if you haven't learnt resilience through what we've just gone through in 2020, you're yeah. not going to. Yeah. Like, might sound <laughs> harsh. But uh, it's fair. It's a fair comment. (sighs) Resilience. It is the key to so much. Uh, Now, that is an amazing story. And thank you so much for sharing it with us because I think I love giving listeners the opportunity um, not just to even learn more but just to see what drives another human being is just so fascinating as well. Uh, But this is the Value Driven Brand Podcast where we talk all things uh, creating value and uh, driving value within your brand. And the reason you are a guest on this podcast is because you have done exactly that. And who best to learn from than the people in business who lead the way in creating a value-driven brand for themselves so that they can help us uh, do the same thing and uh, and learn how to do it for our own brands and businesses. So uh, we are very lucky. Rhiannon has got so many amazing, amazing points on how she has over her career uh, created Pups for Fun to become what is now one of the most celebrated brands in the ACT. Um, but I, for the sake of timeliness, have had to ask <laughs> you to cut them down to a few. Uh, so she's going to give us her top three um, tips on what she does and what it looks like to create a value-driven brand. So what's the first tip that our listeners should uh, pull their pen and paper out for and uh, take note. Yeah. So I guess um, just a bit of background. Uh, When we are looking towards uh, our clients, our clients, we see our clients as our number one um, clients and then internally our our staff because we're being a service-based business. Mm -hmm. So when we're running the business, all we want to do is create that value, like you said. So trying to create the brand, create the value so there's a number of things that we normally do Um, we normally have about five to six as you mentioned I'll only go through three Um, but my top one is um, providing a sorry giving something a customer um, giving the customer something that they don't know that they want so this is kind of what drove me to starting the whole business and um, had that drive between not giving up. So at that stage, there was no dog daycare cam- um, in Canberra. There was mm-hmm. probably about two in Australia. Oh, wow. Um, I think one one in Richmond and maybe one in Brisbane. So it wasn't a service that anyone even knew existed. And they didn't, so they didn't know that they needed it because it wasn't really there. Um, so being able to, whereas I, uh, uh, 
looking at different markets, looking at America um, and looking and understanding the pet industry and also understanding, um, you know, the growth of that industry, I also realised that that was something that was really, they did need it, they just didn't know. So I had to work out how to communicate that to them. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is trying to really understand what your client or your customer needs that they don't know that they want because they can't tell you they can't you can't give them a feedback form and they say I need this because they don't even know it's it's there um so we do that like obviously the whole concept of my business is based on that but we do that in lots of different ways so Mm. um we always offer like for example we we offered like a bath and bolt uh service which is like a bath and towel dryer for our uh, our daycare dogs that go out during the day. So we started offering that because the dogs were coming home pretty dirty. We'd managed to like do big renovations on our park to minimise mud and all that. But they're dogs. They're still having the most fattest time. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were coming back a bit dirty. So we started just, you know, offering just a bath and uh, we'd only do it, we couldn't do it for every dog and we couldn't do it all the time. But once we started doing that, then we offered a service which was um, like what we call Scrub Club, so they can join a club, um, the Scrub Club and get um, unlimited bath and bolts, um, so their dog's always clean. So they didn't really know it was an issue. Like they're like, oh, it's a bit dirty, but until you go back clean, you're like, oh, I can't have it back dirty again. Yeah. So they didn't even know it was something. <laughs> so they didn't really know it was something that they actually wanted or a service that they would take on until we offered it like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was something, you know, that we did. So then we offered that membership. So that's um, a way that they could benefit from something that they didn't even know existed, essentially. <laughs> this um, brilliant. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and so that's what we always try and do is always try and look at ways that we can, um, you know, offer something that mm. they are not sure of. Um, there's lots of different things because being service-based, our clients are extremely busy. They're, you know, a lot of them public service or high-end private sector, um, work long hours, um, especially around when parliament's sitting, budget time. So anything that we can do that for them um, as an extra just adds that value. Yeah. Um, so something that we can appreciate. Just even appreciating knowing that, you um, it's school holidays soon or budget, you know, parliament sitting or something. So they know we're already predicting that um, the upheaval in their life. So, you know, we're able to say, oh, okay, it's, you know, parliament sitting. Would you like um, an extra service next week? Oh, thank I've been meaning to email you. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to email you and ask you about that. So, you know. Oh, my God, that. that is so amazing and so simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what I think that's the thing. If you focus on your customer and you focus on value, these things are not complex and they're not expensive. It's no, um, you know. they're not expensive at all. <laughs> no, Just it's not. You don't have to go and buy out. a million dollar tool or whatever it is. Um, yeah. You just have to understand your client and work out the best way to sort of provide that value and give them that that bonus. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, my God, I love that. And just the simplicity of it, but the impact that that can have. And mm-hmm. and even for, you know, for you listening, your business, what is it that you can go and considering your customers, what could you make easier in their life mm-hmm. that is happening yeah. maybe 
outside of your business, as Rhiannon just said, you know, yes, she's in Canberra and Parliament's a, a big thing for uh, a lot of the works in Canberra, but, you know, oh, that just makes all my brains like <laughs> get well, juicy and, and excited. I wonder what I can do and think laterally about what my customers might be experiencing in their own worlds that I can do to help make it easier for them. Yeah, well, that's another one of the points that we, you know, is our biggest thing is be more um, convenient than your competitors. So, and (laughs) do make it easier for your clients. Like, so that's everything. So things that we do, example like that, but also looking at, um, like our clients like to be organised. They like to know what's going on. So they put in, you know, we have another membership program we've just launched is what we call our VIP grooming um, membership. So that's a membership-based program where we offer clients uh, 12 months worth of bookings for their grooming appointments. Um, so that means they get it locked in, secured at their preference. Uh, they don't have to worry about booking in and trying to fit in, especially around Christmas. So mm-hmm. at this point we're booked out sort of March next year and we're already booking up to March 2022 currently so we're just releasing all our um, programs so that is something that we can do yes it's a lot of work for us in the sense of trying to put that but it's also a benefit for us because we've got appointments locked in and secured so it helps with staffing it helps with uh, regular income it helps with loyalty Uh, so then what being able to do that is just so what we had we actually had a bit of a um situation with our vips we had more clients that wanted us to have uh that service so we used to offer that for free that was just you get if you if you want to book with us we give you 12 months worth of appointments for free uh however because we had we're, we're working so good at building value um by doing things like um being convenient, checking in with clients, feedback if they haven't been in in six weeks or eight weeks, do you know your dog's due for a haircut? So anyway, we've done all these things to the point where we couldn't necessarily, we were booking out 10 to 12 weeks ahead. So what we wanted to do is really ensure that those people got their high level of service continued. So we released a uh, annual membership fee. Um, So for $99, they can actually join the VIP club, they get all their appointments, they get unlimited nail clips, they get a couple of bath and bolts, they get an upgrade blueberry facial each time. So price-wise... <laughs> I want a blueberry um, facial. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so good. It's it's uh, really, it it's actually makes such a difference because dogs, especially the the oodles and the bearded ones, they yeah. can get quite smelly. So it's re- really, um, it's actually really good. So we provide $400 worth of value, which is something that it's not necessarily costing us huge amounts. So it's upgraded mm. shampoo, a little bit more expensive shampoo, um, you know, a couple of free baths and obviously the administration time to do that. So it provides the client $400 worth of value for $99 and it also provides the uh, a level of a bit of exclusive exclusivity. Yeah, I always <laughs> um, struggle with that word too. <laughs> <laughs> so it enables them because we couldn't offer that necessarily to 500 clients. So we um, released it and, you know, within I think 24 hours we'd already hit 200. So we've only released it to our current clients and we've hit um, like 300 is, is probably where we're, we're capping. So we haven't actually advertised it to on Facebook or anywhere else. Wow. We just sent our current clients an email. Um, so that was really a positive 
thing because that was meaning security uh, and convenience for them. And so, and that gave them a preference over other clients. So we wanted to um, focus on the clients that we already had. So rather than someone coming in off the street and then making a booking and then cancelling it, mm-hmm. um, the person that's had their appointment for 12 months that kept their appointment and held their appointment and not changed it, they should get preference and priority. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So Absolutely. we that sort of one of the things that we do currently, obviously now we're completely booked out till March. So we do have run a cancellation list and even simple things like instead of them having to call up us tell them that we're booked out and take their details. We just managed to put something as simple as a form on online. So they're able to just click a couple of buttons. It logs to us and then it, it's also easier from us on the other side because if we do have a cancellation or, or for some reason we can squeeze a dog in, it's there, the information's there, so it's convenient for them. So our biggest thing is really working on building that element of convenience for the client. If, mm. if, if we can do it for them, we will. Yeah, and um, I love that you've also tackled some pretty serious uh, business challenges that occur for just about everyone in business, which is cash flow. And, mm. and, you know, although I will never profess to being the finance person, uh, <laughs> what I will profess to is knowing that 100% of businesses, especially startups, struggle with cash flow. And yeah. when you can come up with strategies that deliver value for your customer but then ultimately help you uh, you know, win as well because your customer needs you to stay in business, mm. right? They uh-huh. need yep. you to stay in business. They need you to be profitable. So And do it well. There's no point just hang because otherwise they're going to get a, a crappy service if I'm just pulling it together and just like scraping shit together, so yeah, to speak, exactly. um, and not being able to perform well or, or my, my staff are too far under the pump. And that was the other thing too due to COVID, the reason why we couldn't offer um, as many grooming services is because, you know, we have to socially distance more so we would have less groomers in the smaller space. And and so rather than, you know, upsetting people, we went, you know what, we're giving you an opportunity to be our people. So it's probably going to get to the stage where, you know, it might be only membership, only grooming. We may not actually open to the public. Um, wow. So that's something that's I'm not aware that's happened yet in Australia. Mm. Um and that's something that I would like to do because I think it builds a brand, builds a loyalty and adds value, exactly, you know, the things that we're talking about. Tick, um, tick. <laughs> yeah. And we want the thing is, is although clients want a high-quality service from us, we also want high-quality clients, you know. We want to be yeah. able to have clients that help us, uh, build with us, um, and so we want to be able to, it's a, it's a two-way street. So mm. um, by being able to do that and sometimes something like handing over a, a nominal sum helps that, uh, you know, r- filter out the people that may be not loyal, that change their appointment 50 times a year and, you yes. know, cancel all the time and then they don't show up or whatever else it is and you go, you know what, I could take three lovely, beautiful clients that do nothing but provide great value <laughs> mm. um, and that we can provide great value to them. And so just by putting a nominal fee in there, then it's just it, it's been able to distinguish that between that, those clients. And we were just amazed because all our clients have just jumped on board and we've been really, really happy. Yeah, that is so fantastic. And that obviously goes to show that even though you've charged them now a membership fee for something that was in the past 
a free service mm. uh, but not sustainable, they mm. still realise that they are onto a good thing. And yeah. you know, and I and I thought about it after our conversation the other day, where I was like, you know what, it's okay to ask for more money when you're doing this. And we provided a lot more value. So although we offered the 12 months. Yeah. Feel free to take it. Yeah, that's it. Like we offered the 12 months appointments for free, but we threw in the baths, the nail clips, and the real organisation and all the other value, the the facials and the upgraded shampoo and, you know, stuff like whitening shampoo. Some of our clients would be paying the extra for the add-on anyway. So they're like, oh, this is great. Now it's all you know, I don't have to worry. It's just the one fee and it's just that and I can just not have to worry about it. So, and Absolutely. I think that's the other thing with adding convenience, you know, looking at, uh, you know, a lot of people do online reminders but also feedback to so every new client we contact to see how their dog went, whether they were interested in rebooking um, and just really trying to keep that feedback in. We also have moved to sort of like um, Auto, automatic billing, so direct debits. That was a really big thing um, that we moved to with COVID that's actually been just a, amazing for our clients because they just don't have to think. They don't have to come in when they're running late for work mm. and line up with all the other people. And at the moment, you know, what they do is they just throw their dog off. There's always a staff member there to make take the dog and then they can just run off. They don't have to um, worry about booking this in or doing whatever. And because they have their account, they can go, oh, you know, he needs some shampoo, can you throw that in or can you do his nails today or what? And you don't have to think about, oh, do I have this amount of money or do I have this on my card? So that's really something that added to that convenience and has actually helped grow because we've made it more convenient. So Mm. rather than people going, oh, I won't do it because I can't remember what's on my account and I have to go into NetBank and log in and, you know, all these sort of stages, it's just like just do it because I know it comes out on the one day every week and I can check later. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, convenience is... Really and that is important. that is so brilliant. I mentioned on a LinkedIn Live recently that um, it breaks my heart when I hear customers, uh, you know, recoil at how hard some businesses make mm. it to mm. give them money. You know, and I and mm. I said if you are a business uh, that makes it hard for your customers to give you money then what are you doing? Well, and the thing that this comes out of a bit of my pet peeve, I can't comprehend if I contact someone, whether it be IT or uh, someone building a fence or doing whatever, I've had, you know, recent experience or fabricator, and I'm like, that is your job. I understand, you know, accounts isn't your job and marketing, you know, I mean, when you're a small business, it all is. But when the <laughs> service that they're trying to offer, like when they're offering is so bad and you, I just, it, it just blows my mind, I, you know, because like I said, although our dog, our, our business is a dog business and it's to look after the dogs. But really, our business is a people business to look after the owners. Um, you know, they, like yeah. I said, they work hard, the long hours, and they feel guilty. They feel mm. really guilty. So we need to be there to, like, make it so they don't re- alleviate that guilt but also offer something to them. So I think, you know, being able to look outside of not just what you do, um, mm. whether it be a trade or, or, you know, whatever the business you're offering, but to be able to do what you're offering and do it well. And like you said, when it's so hard for to pay people and 
And I mean, in the beginning, it it wasn't always this easy. I've learned along the way. It's not like I just grew up and one day and it was just all fixed. (laughs) Heaps of of mistakes. And because I used to invoice people and they were like, this is just so hard. And I have to remember to pay it to my bill and and I was just like, I'll just take that off you and I'll just take your money. And they're like, please. I thought yeah. people would be really, you know, not wanting direct debit and going into your account and, you know, um, it, but no, that's what people want. They don't want to have to pay an invoice every week or every month or whatever else. They just want it done for them. So, yeah, yeah I think it's definitely some the best for our business, being a service-based business, I would say that's like the most important. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at not only giving them something that they don't know they want, but then making sure that they're just, it's so convenient and easier to do so they can just throw money at you. <laughs> and uh, Exactly. Show um, me the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So what's your third, uh, third handy hint? So my other, I mean, always the focus of um, customer service, but, really focusing not so much on getting new customers but focusing on keeping the current ones. So that's where Mm -hmm. we focus a lot of our time, although we've got, like I said, we've got all these processes where we, with new clients, we have learned as well because we were focusing on so much of our current clients that maybe we weren't doing as well at making sure the new clients were getting feedback or follow. So we, we do that. But where our priority is, it costs a lot of money to go and get a new client. A hell of a lot of money. And you've got, um, so really understand the lifetime value of your clients. So, you know, we have clients that spend between five to 10 to $15,000 a year. Um, so if I can just look after one of those clients, two of those clients, 10 of those clients, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than trying to go out and get um, a new one. So yeah. um, really, I think understanding, yeah, that lifetime value and what you can do by offering those other things to make it more convenient. Um, everyone needs new customers, definitely, and you never want to shut that out, but really appreciating the ones that you've got. There's no point looking and being blinded by all the ones that you have there that are probably not getting the level of service or the right product that they need or the right service they need because you're so blindsided about chasing someone else's client or the, or the next best, uh, you know, client that you think that you need. Um, so I think that's really important and just understanding the, that value. That so. speaks to me so, so much. <laughs> I, um, you know, I use the the example of uh, so many businesses, it just, to be blunt, it shits me to tears, uh, Mm. that, you know, let's take, for example, Foxtel or Telstra or an insurance company or a bank Mm. or, you know, hundreds and thousands of businesses do this every single day in this country and I'm certain around the world where, you know, they they care more about the acquisition of a new customer than mm. they care about the uh, ongoing loyalty of their current customers. And yeah, yeah. here's a here's a really amazing stat that if you were to increase your customer loyalty, so by loyalty I mean a customer comes back mm. more than once to shop with you. You have the opportunity, the proven opportunity to increase your profit anywhere between 25 to 95%. 
and loyal customers every day of the week in every single industry and sector of business spend more than a new acquisition, sometimes three to five times more. So So I can definitely agree with that because, I mean, we didn't get from four or 80 clients to 500 by chasing new clients. That's not how we got there. We don't advertise. We We have a website. We have a Facebook page. But we don't actively, we don't have funnels we don't have any of that sort of stuff that we probably should um but the reason why we've built um that and it's got to that 500 is because we're building a brand and it's providing value by looking after those clients and those clients or customers or whatever you want to call it we call them pups for funsters they're advocates they're like you know they live and breathe the business so they are far more beneficial to us as marketing than us putting in some sponsored Facebook ad on some sales funnel that can do whatever. Not knocking that, and it depends on what you're doing, is it's very, it's got its place and and everything. Mm. But for us, um, we've been really lucky to have that, um, the advocacy. And like one example of where our clients are advocates, uh, we had in 2018 the ACT um, released uh, animal welfare bill. So their, their intent was to, you know, help animal welfare and there was a lot of changes that were made. But one particular change was just to limit the number of dogs that were allowed in public places. So obviously that had, um, so per person, so they're limiting the number, I think it was like to three dogs per person or something. At the moment in ACT there's no limit how many dogs you can have in a public place. Right. So we were lucky enough, um, well, we were going to be affected by that. If that, that happens, no more trips to Parliament House, no more, you know, trips to the War Memorial on Anzac Day when they're dedicating the day to the dogs or whatever. So oh. our, um, lucky enough, we didn't actually find out, <laughs> unfortunately, until the, through the, until we found out through the media. Um, but luckily it was still open for consultation. And so we had hundreds of not only just clients, but people that we'd met because we worked in the community um, sometime before we got our private dog park uh, with members of the public. So we had all these people that just jumped on board writing submissions and explaining how it would negatively actually affect, affect animal welfare if these hundreds of dogs a week were then put back in their backyards and not being able to come out with pups for fun. So they were like, you know, oh, they didn't, not, not necessarily me. because we asked, we, you know, we we mentioned um, once it came out in the media, but we didn't ask. They they jumped on hundreds and hundreds. So the result, that part of the their bill was not um, included. They they understood that wow. the detriment would be far worse than any uh, gain they were trying to make. So we were able to continue to operate um, as per usual, and um, and that was. I couldn't have done that by myself. Like I couldn't, I could have written one submission, but there's no way and there's no amount of like the value that I put into those clients to, you know, build them and uh, understand that lifetime value has then now come back to help us and you couldn't pay for that sort of support. Um, So to have an advocate like that, that people would, you know, stop what they're doing, it didn't matter how busy, they're busy people whether it was so that the time is not thing but they would find the time because they yeah. felt so strongly about it um to do that and you just you just couldn't ask for anything better so and there is no way that a new acquisition customer 
would have the uh, care factor mm. for your brand mm. to take the time out of their day. And may, maybe yeah. there might be an outlier here or there, but yeah. consistently well, they, don't they have, don't understand it yet. They haven't, they haven't gone through the process of being part of the family as we are, even though we're a, now we're looking after 500 dogs a week, not 80. We still want everyone to feel like they are one of five, one of two. They're the yeah. only ones. Not So not really. Um, and then those new acquisitions, we make sure that we still nurture them so then they can get to the point and build up, but mm. not to focus on trying to go out and get them. When they're there, if they come in our door, we will nurture them and we'll yeah. look after them, um, but not trying to, you know, trying to look after who's already in our door, who's trying to be loyal, who's you know, fighting to uh, book in, joining cancellation lists, you know, wanting to be in there and wanting to have services and who's barracking for us, uh, so to speak, and, you know, to be able to change and influence legislation is pretty bloody epic for um, advocates. So if you're building a brand, I think that that's uh, and adding value. If you can add that sort of value to your clients where they become advocates like that and have that sort of power, then I think that there's nothing better than you know, then what you can do for them. That warms my heart so much. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, it warmed my heart. I just cried and cried. I couldn't believe that so many people would actually be so passionate because it's my passion. And the thing is they they jump on board because it's not just my passion, it's my team. Like I have just the most amazing team and they believe in the brand. We've built the brand so strong that it's not Rhiannon. Like half the people don't even know who I am these days. But, um <laughs> But that's because it's not my brand, it's the Pups for Fun brand. So they have so much trust in the brand, whether it's myself, Dallas, the operations manager, Rachel, the services manager, they've all been there for a long time, Mm. but they have the trust because of all these things that we've done by making it convenient, adding value um, and really predicting their needs. They know that it doesn't matter who's behind there or who's behind the desk or who's answering the phone, it's the brand. So really making these things is really core to building that value-driven brand. Yeah. <laughs> so, and look at the outcome when you do. Yeah, You, know, exactly. you can change legislation. Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, apart from anything, uh, creating advocates is really what it's all about because yeah. when you do create an advocate, your acquisition costs go down again. Because there is no better way to find new customers than to have them be referred on to you from an already loyal advocate of your brand and your business. Mm. So, And we, we get that in um, government departments. It's insane because obviously a lot of our clients are, uh, you know, public servants. So we hear we get a whole group of new little dogs and it's because that one's told that one and then they go and they jump on the parents' page and they're like, this is my dog and this is my dog and pups for fun. And so we're not selling it, they're selling it. Yes. You know, they go to work and they're selling it for us. So That um, is know. the goal. <laughs> Can I yeah. just tell you, that is the goal. You know, uh, in in uh, in business we, we have ways of measuring uh, that goal of, you know, the, the referral um, and one of the ways is called a net promoter score mm. and uh, and basically we describe that as uh, if someone is a detractor to your business, 
they are at the barbecue basically shit-canning your business <laughs> and everything about you. And if they're neutral to your business, which in my experience can nearly be as dangerous as a detractor, they are at the barbecue and you don't even read a mention. Like they mm. don't even care. They're so meh. You know, I got what I yeah. expected and so I should. Uh, and yeah. so they should. Um, but the advocate is the guy mm. or the person at the barbecue who's like, oh, my God, my dog mm. is so exhausted. These pups for fun people have run him ragged. He gets to have a better social life than I do. And everybody goes, Oh yeah, who's that? Where are they? What do they do? Have they got openings? And that is what you want as a business owner. You want people to be your advocate. You want people to be talking about why they have to experience you the way that they experience you. And I love, love hearing stories uh, about businesses that have pulled that off and work so hard but smart to continue mm. always making sure that that stays the case as well. Do not rest on your laurels, morals, laurels, whichever <laughs> one it is. Don't rest on them. Yeah. Keep moving. And, and the thing is these these people, these clients are amazing and I think it's just not that we're doing anything exceptional except for nurturing them. You, you've got to look after them. These people are great. These people are, like I said, they're, they're advocates anyway, but if you abuse that, then they're probably people that are, like you said, going to be detractors or very vocal in a different sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so you want to look after them because they're amazing people that do share it and they and they are passionate and they follow your brand. So I think that that's the most important thing is to, to build a brand that someone wants to be associated with, that someone wants to say, well, my dog goes to pups for fun. And we, we get that all the time. And then it's a, a show off of, oh, look at his photo. And then no, look at him from last week. And it's, you know, this whole, you know, talking around the water cooler or, in the, the, or having a coffee. And that's the sort of, you know, the brand that we want to build. Um, I love and then that. have the desire to, to be a part of it. Yeah, and you have. And my my hat goes off to you. It um it truly makes me so happy. Apart from anything, I've now got a new case study to go off and talk to everybody about. So um <laughs> you know, I've I've certainly through doing this podcast uh had the opportunity to start a neat little connection a collection of uh of really amazing businesses to go and show mm-hmm the rest of the world, uh, hey, it is possible. Look at all these people and how they've gone and done it. So they are. The one thing, sorry, I know that you're going to jump in. I was just going to say one thing with building the brand and doing that. So we're not just offering a service. Like obviously, you know, I've been working with the government to develop codes of practice. We're working with um, um, skills ACT to get on uh, a lot of qualifications on scope so we're trying to make a difference in community as well so when our clients actually see that they go oh not just my dog's happy and show this that whatever else they're like and the team whilst doing all that are actually trying to make whether the industry or um, you know uh, education or or the actual um, rules and regulations around it we're trying to build that as well so that helps yeah them see it being valid and see really being able to, um, yeah, advocate for it in more than just a, 
my dog loves this and, you know, it's it's more of an ownership to them because then they can have, when they have involvement in it, they're like, I was part of that. I yes. was part of that legislative change. I was part of, and not because obviously the, the animal welfare was a positive thing. It was all the great intent. It was just a bit clunky, the thought of it. So there's no bad feelings about that, but they were really proud that they were able to positively have an impact on the animal yeah. welfare legislation, which was actually pinnacle. So what a beautiful yeah. alignment to to help them feel better about their community through your brand. Mm. Oh, That's the goal. oh <laughs> so many feels. I love it so much. They are some amazing insights. And as I mentioned, Rhiannon has got so many more. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I, I keep thinking, how can I extend past these uh, podcasts? And uh, one of the ideas that I have is to go back to live streaming on Twitch, uh, which I was doing earlier on in the year, just as a fun isolation thing uh, and uh, starting a new talk show called Let's Talk About Sex, um, C-E-H-X, just for those <laughs> uh, customer, employee and human experiences for those who are listening uh, and wondering where the hell this just U-turned. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if we get to that point, Rhiannon, and I would love to have you on the couch to talk about, uh, you know, the customer, employee and human experience even more uh, when it comes to pups for fun, if you're interested. Absolutely. That would be great. Amazing. Um, Some people are freaked out. They're like, no, 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 no. Like, no, 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 no. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's off air. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, before I let you go, uh, I want to uh, have a quick thing. So everyone listening in by now would definitely know. And if you're a new listener, Uh, welcome to the podcast and if you don't know every guest that I have uh, on the podcast I ask them to let me know what that one song is that gets them pumped up for anything and do you remember the song that you told me Rhiannon? I, I have a lot of trouble because I'm a music person so it depends on my mood whether I'm I was tossing up between Darun Sandstorm and <laughs> um, so it was Praise You by Fatboy Slim. It was so. Praise You by Flat, 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 Fat, <laughs> Fat. Wow, the transcript creator is going to have a field day with me. Uh, <laughs> fat Boy Slim, correct. Now, if you don't know, what I do is I take every guest uh, song that pumps them up for anything and I add it to the Alien Day uh, official guest uh, playlist on Spotify. So, Rhiannon, thank you for your contribution to our Spotify playlist and uh, you can get your hands on that Spotify playlist uh, at thevaluedrivenbrand.com and in each of the podcast episodes there is the link to uh, to hook in and check it out. And uh, also when this goes live, you will be able to find uh, obviously your uh, this podcast on valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series uh, and all of the wonderful ways that you can connect with Rhiannon. Uh, and what I would definitely do is if things that she's discussed really kind of hit 
hit a home with you, such as, you know, creating beautiful packages. Um, she talked about her VIP uh, membership packages and, and whatnot. Go to her website and just look at how she has put those together. Um, and, you know, by all means, if you're a puppy owner or dog owner in Canberra, you need to look her up while you're at it uh, and get on board uh, for what is an amazing experience, not just for the puppies, but for the owners, for the puppy parents. Uh, but I would certainly encourage you if creating packages for your business is something that uh, you know intrinsically that you need to get done uh, or it could create a better value proposition for your customers, uh, have a chat with Rhiannon. She has so much experience when it comes to, you know, understanding what it means to give your customers something they didn't know that they even needed um, and her contact details will be available on the podcast uh, post as well. So from me to you, Rhiannon, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure to keep learning from you and getting more insight into how you have created your own value-driven brand and I can't wait to just continue watching that journey continue and grow uh, from Melbourne. Actually, I'm hoping to get to Canberra early next year, so that will be exciting. But thank you well, so much I for joining come us. Come say hello. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to take an antihistamine before I do, though. <laughs> it's bad at the moment. <laughs> I'm annoying. I'm annoyingly allergic to dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that doesn't stop me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's them. right. You can pass it. <laughs> well, I thanks love- so much for having me part of the podcast. It's been great. And I think it's really good to have um, a podcast like yourself, you're like yours, that can show people and guide people through the state, the steps and what they need to do to build a value-driven brand. Oh, thank Excellent. you. You're definitely allowed to come back. <laughs> and And can I just add that all of those things don't really cost money. You know, no. there's so, so great, so many great tactics that don't need to cost the earth uh, yeah. to, to get where you need to be, to give your customers what they need. So thank you so much for those amazing insights. Mary, thanks so much. Well, from me here, uh, it is uh, the end of this podcast, but I want you to make sure that you go off to valuedrivenbrand.com and check out the links to get in touch with Rhiannon and learn all about how she delivers value in her brand. And uh, apart from that, get out into the world uh, as far as you're allowed to travel. 25Ks if you're here in Melbourne right now uh, and make sure that you create value for somebody else in your life because what goes around comes around. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand Quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.